Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. I am Data, and with me is... Jamie. Joe. And Dak. And this week, we read six whole chapters. Lots of reading. We are reading Elantris, chapters 26 through 31. Right through the end of part one and into the beginning of part two of the book. I don't know if you guys remember that it was divided into parts when we started, because that was half a book ago. We did not. Nope. <laughs> so everyone, everyone's like, oh, wait, part two, what? It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, we just said we're over 50% of the way through, and now we're dividing the parts <laughs> up? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a surprise, too, because we read so many chapters, and so I'm, like, halfway through the reading, and I'm like, part two, wait, part two? Oh, part two, okay, here we go. Part two? Oh. <laughs> In these chapters, we get some serene spirit action, then Serene goes back to her uh, her fencing teaching. Horathan drinks a mysterious potion, poison. It actually says poison, so Rowden starts studying his books. And then things go horribly awry for Serene's food handing out process when Shaor's men invade. After that, the king decides it's time to wipe out Elantris, and Serene has to stop him. Raithen gets thrown into Elantris, and finally, Rowden and Galadon have to say goodbye to a friend. Hang on to something, everyone. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. yeah six whole chapters this time what did you guys think of these i almost want to say action-packed i don't know if action-packed is the right word but there's definitely stuff happening what did you guys think of these chapters well yeah i mean like not not hugely action-packed but i really enjoyed the shorter chapters i like getting the different viewpoints like sort of quicker i feel like we've had i guess fairly long chapters from each viewpoint which have been really good to get different information but they could have been broken up a little bit so I actually liked reading it this way I was pretty surprised when Raven drank the poison I was like whoa dude what are you doing and I was like he's gonna like a knives out sort of situation or frame Gilas for his murder or something <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be extreme yeah <laughs> it would be different That's a different way of doing it I didn't expect it to go where it went but i thought it was pretty cool i'm enjoying the stuff about sereni and raiden as well we knew it was only a matter of time before shea's men shea's men rather attacked in some form so i'm kind of glad we got that out of the way i thought iodin he got his guards on that really fast i don't know if he's just had a plan there ready to go to be like yep we're going to wipe out elantris at any moment but I thought, yeah, his action was really quick on that. I'm glad that they didn't destroy Elantris. I like that there's still – Serene's kind of still interested in Raiden and what's going on in there, so that will obviously unfold how it unfolds. Yeah, and then Raiden getting himself into Elantris, that's bold. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I think we sort of know what he's trying to accomplish there, but – I'm very interested to see how that unfolds. 
and how our characters wind up on that side of the fence. But I really liked it. I thought it was a good read. Nice little, I guess, teaser type things as well. I like how Ian keeps popping up um, occasionally. I sort of forget about him and then he comes back and I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. I, I look forward to sort of seeing how they maybe can fix him. Maybe they fix Ian first or something. I don't know. And, again, getting a little bit more information about the magic squares instead of triangles and things like that. I thought that was quite a good way to put it too. So I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. But, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed these chapters. I thought they were really good. I had the same thought as you about Iodon. Like, it's like, wow, he did that fast. But then I, I think you're probably right that it was – It's he, he thought from the beginning that Serene's outings were going to result bad. I, everyone thought the first time she went in that the, the Alien Chains were just going to kill them or something. So this is probably something he had in his mind from the beginning to be like, oh, when this goes wrong, I'll finally get to do that whatever. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I didn't think he was that smart, to be honest. But Well, yeah, okay, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, having something in your back pocket in case your nobility that you've sent in there, or not not that you've sent in there, reluctantly allowed to go in there, mm. um, something happens to them, you're going to want to fight back pretty damn fast. It's not about Serenia. It's about everyone else that's in there. So, yeah. Well, and she says that he's basically been looking for an excuse to get rid of Volantris for years, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved her takedown of him as well. Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> crazy. It's just a, a room everywhere. It's like, yeah, he's sitting crying in his office. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> got, to, got to say, though, on your point, it's like, yeah, good, like glad that he, he he didn't destroy Elantris. Can you imagine if he did and that, that was just the end of the book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hey, was thinking. It could be the ending. Well, this is a pretty hard, be a real, pretty real hardcore bummer. ending, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It still could end that way. Everybody died. Just everybody's going to die. Honestly, I was more interested in her idea that, like, Kraithan just kills himself. Like, 50% of the way through the book, one of our three <laughs> characters is like, I'm going to kill myself and dies. That would like, be interesting. He, he does that. Elantris is destroyed. Serene is the only one of the three left. Just like, well, shit. End. <laughs> End. Yeah, that's Finn. the last line Finn. of the book. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow yeah that would be something <laughs> uh these chapters were good a lot of a lot of interesting twists and turns so Raiden getting to getting to know serene more and more and and then you see her perspective of that same thing and it's you know again Raiden stuff is just a bummer uh it's just like oh she might trust him but she thinks he's hiding stuff which he is and then of course when everything goes to crap and she's like you did this on purpose and he's like well i mean i'm so ashamed of myself for what's happened yeah i guess i did you know so that's that's a bummer hraithan drinking the poison did not expect that but here's the interesting part to me on that he had a it sounded like he had originally intended that for Diloff. so yep. this kind of maybe lends credence to my theory that somebody did this like uh gave Raiden the shayad on purpose maybe this po- poison actually is known for doing that somehow because man what would have been worse than Diloff becoming the thing he hated and so he did it to himself because it seems strange to me that he it seems really strange to me that he would just like kill himself in that moment like he would take the poison and be like okay i'm I, i've just decided that i'm going to die now he uh he it, it sounds like 
he knew he would become a Lantrian, and then it's almost like he's testing his own faith. Now he's praying to Jadith to just turn him back. So if that's the case, then this poison exists and it can actually turn people into Elantrians, which is weird. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just seems like too coincidental to me for him to have drank this poison and then just he just happened to be taken by the by the Shayad or whatever. So mm. um, that just seems like too much of a coincidence to me for sure, especially if he meant it intentionally for Diloth. And the fact that he had four vials, like I'm thinking what what did he intend with the other three? Maybe Serene, but then who else? Maybe Telri or maybe Iodon or, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so we've got that. Um, cool badass warrior monk stuff from Prathen at the end too, which was cool. Like I said, I wish there was a whole book just devoted to that. And uh, Serene's sad. Raiden's sad. I mean, it's just sad. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that things t- t- take a turn for the better. Maybe, maybe the Gjorn coming to Elantris and and um, possibly becoming part of Spirit's uh, group is going to be beneficial. Maybe this is how we finally get behind Hraithen, who's been our other person we've been following through the books. Maybe this is the turning point where he finally becomes a character that we're actually interested in uh, seeing win or you know seeing their plans come to fruition. So maybe that's where we're headed. That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, I could totally see that as he's been like the bad guy up to now, but he's also one of our three main characters. So it's like maybe he's gonna be a good guy, and that's why he's one of our main characters. Yeah, no, like good chapters. I'm honestly glad I didn't realize till I was reading this chapters, but I've been sort of waiting for Hraithen to do something because most of his <laughs> chapters. For the last little while, uh, aside from you know bringing the Elantrian in and bringing it, and saving him from being burned at the stake by Dilaf and then having to do it privately anyway, most of his chapters he's just been very introspective or just talking to people about getting his plans in motion. So it's nice that finally, like we we can see his plans starting to come into action in some way, and he's doing more than just like talking to the nobles, talking to Dilaf, thinking about his faith. I was glad that like he's actually starting to get in on the action now. He's becoming more involved. He's he's collided with uh, Raiden's story, which is cool. So now we'll see that as, that aspect of it. I think that's probably my favorite part of these chapters was seeing Hraithen get into the thick of things. The the raid on the wagons, I mean, we all knew that was coming. And as soon as it did, I'm just like, uh, Serene's going to figure out that we were holding these people back and she's going to be pissed. And yep, that's exactly what happened. And Raiden just, yeah. I guess it's been sort of subtly hinted in the background all to this point, but Raiden just feels like a constant failure. And I feel like he's trying to help people out is trying to make up for that. So, and so now that's all come crashing down and his own self-esteem issues. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he feels like a failure because if he, if he was successful, he himself would be, wouldn't feel the hunger and the pain, but he does. So he's like, okay, I'm letting myself down at least. But yeah, like it was sad to see Salwin go like, I don't feel we've gotten as attached to the side characters in this book as much as we did for the Mistborn trilogy, but mm. once Salin was gone, I'm just like, oh, shit, I no, he was good. I liked that guy. He deserved better. Yeah, I agree. Salin, he's one of the characters that, I yeah, I, I feel like you don't notice that much until he's suddenly gone. And it's interesting because in the annotations somewhere, Brandon's like, yeah, I didn't really intend for this character to have like a as big a part as he ends up having. I... Like he was just kind of a one a one note or one off character at the beginning, and then I just realized that he like filled this need in the story, so he kept coming back. Yeah, it's like 
one of those characters you don't really pay that much attention to, but when they're gone, you feel their absence really strongly. So, mm. I like your point, Dak, about Krathen. It's like he most of the stuff up until now that he's actually like done to make his plans move forward has been like off page or hinted at instead of us actually getting yeah. to read about it. So exactly, this is yes. like the first time when we actually like see something happening. Yeah, and he gets to show off more of his skills getting into the combat and when yeah, when Shayor's men came upon him and he just beat the shit out of him, I'm just like, all right, that's why people are afraid of this guy. <laughs> right? It's a very Thanos moment from Endgame. Spoilers if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, but uh, at the end of the movie when Cap and Iron Man and Thor come out and see Thanos just sitting in the courtyard and they're just like, what is he doing? And I was like, he's just sitting there. And then he just dominates the fight. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little more even of a fight than what happened in, in this. But yeah, he still pretty True. much dominates them. But these guys didn't have magic cameras and stuff. So, you know, how, how much yeah. can you do without that? Raiden hasn't figured out the um the Aeon for lightening up this motherfucker's ass. <laughs> I want him to have I want him to have a hammer Aeon now so that it's just like <laughs> Thor's hammer flies out. You want me to put the hammer down? Uh, no, please don't. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, I guess let's get into these chapters. So we start out with Serene leaving Elantris, and Ace shows up and she's like, "Oh, so Spirit is the one in charge?" And he's like, "Yeah." Like, it turns out that uh, all the information about the gang leaders, that's outdated. This guy just showed up and took over everything. Some people say he is Shaor, but he defeated both Karata and Andin. And the second confrontation involved an enormous battle of some sort. Well, almost. <laughs> A building didn't fall over. That's what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This, uh, this seance seems to be the worst at gathering intel. But I guess, <laughs> I guess his sources just aren't very good is the problem. I mean, how many people knew knew what happened at that fight? Like, right? Or, uh, really, only fight. the people in yeah, really only the people in Red and Circle who he wouldn't probably go to for intel. I mean, maybe some of like Anden's guys who were there, but most of them apparently joined Shaor's Wild Men, so they may not even talk anymore. There's like, <laughs> whatever. No, no, you got to you got to be a beast man now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he can't come in here being all normal. What do you what do you think you're doing? Eloquence has no place here. Is he just relying on the rumors or (laughs) is he actually talking to somebody? Because I feel like none of them would be used to seeing a Seon that's actually got it together. Mm. That's got to be a bit weird, especially if someone comes in and is like, so tell me what happened to you. Who is this spirit guy? And then, you know, Shaor's men who, you know, act like beasts most of the time stop and go, well, man, look, this is what happened, and and yeah, we put up a really big fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that went. Like, I just don't see that happening. I just, I would love to know how he's actually finding out his information. He's just, I don't know. Yeah. I assume he's a- around, just integrating himself, and no one noticing. Oh yeah, maybe he's just like listening and overhearing stuff. I just assumed he was approaching random people, be like, "Hey, will you talk to me?" Because before he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, they're like asking me for food. Like, I could carry them food, but." Um... I guess some of the ones that aren't as together probably wouldn't notice the difference. Mm. Which is not exactly a reliable source of information. They may be more talkative now that they're getting food every day. He's like, hey, I'm friends with that lady who brings you food. Do you want to help me out? Yeah, possibly. And so Serene's like, so the people I'm meeting with are imposters. Which isn't entirely true, because Karata is really Karata. But 
Yeah, the uh, that, that's not Andon. No, yeah. Not that, I mean, we could produce Andon if you really want, but it wouldn't be that interesting for you. <laughs> so I feel like that would shatter the illusion at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's she's already disillusioned now. She's This man has that, no so. mustache. <laughs> Where is the mustache? The mustache of leadership is not present. I don't <laughs> trust this man. You know, there is like a... This is sidebar. There is like a statistic. I've heard it somewhere. Maybe it's total BS, but uh, that apparently people that have facial hair are more are seen as more trustworthy than people who don't have facial, like men who don't have facial hair. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So like okay. a clean shaven man is not as trust, like is not deemed as trustworthy as one who has facial hair. And yet one trying to disguise themselves would be wearing fake facial hair. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's why they need to disguise themselves. Mmm. Mm, indeed. I, I need. I need. A, I need my own mustache of leadership. Clearly, that'll help me <laughs> in life. Yeah, you can go to Dollar Tree and get you know like a dollar mustache. <laughs> they, it comes with like seven mustaches. We did that one time when we went to like a karaoke night. We all wore mustaches. It was pretty fun. <laughs> You just sw- swap out from day to day what you want a mustache to look like that day. Yeah. Well, it was it was funny too because we we were doing karaoke wearing the mustaches and this guy was like, "Oh man, I really like your mustache." I was like, "Oh really? Do you want one?" He's like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "Yeah, they're uh, it's a fake mustache." Uh, and he was <laughs> how like, drunk was that guy? <laughs> I, he had just showed up, so if he was drunk, that that's pretty impressive. But yeah, so just going here. You can have it. And just hand yeah. It to him. Oh, no, seriously, I had like five of them, and I was like, "Here, you want one?" He's like, "Hell yeah!" And so and he also had a mustache. <laughs> mustache karaoke night. That that that's what they, they started after you after you left. They're like, "Hey, this is catching on. We're gonna do mustache yeah. karaoke." We actually that was like one of the last times that bar was open. It's it's not open anymore. So maybe we killed yeah. it. Maybe the mustaches yeah. killed it. Mustache night killed it. Yep. Yeah. Just they could never live up to Mustache Night again, so yeah. what can you do? Mustache, mustache. <laughs> too much leadership in one space. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there, that's what that, it was, that, yeah. Too many people button heads over leadership roles because of can't, the mustaches. Can't have so many I leaders. Am they lead in different directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I am mustaches. <laughs> I am mustaches. I like how Serene's like, she says she's not really upset about all the lies. She's like, you, you have to expect a measure of subterfuge in any political engagement. But inside, she's like, oh, but I, I, I wanted Spirit to have been telling me the truth. I'm starting to trust him. It's not a good idea, but, uh, you know. And then I'm not sure I actually understand the end of the section where it's like she hits a bump and a couple boxes fall over. And she's like, next time we see Shuden, remind me to kick him. I'm like, what did Shuden do? She, um... It says it says at the start like she wanted to ask Shuden for a ride in his coach, but uh, Lady Tarina got in uh, first, and so she has to ride in the food cart. I've forgotten that part. Okay, yeah. Shuden and uh, his new lady friend. Yeah, she's real jealous for whatever reason. <laughs> and so we cut to uh, to the the fencing practice, and apparently uh, it's become really popular. Everyone loves it. Also, everyone loves shooting, so he keeps showing up to these things also, so maybe that helps with her attendance. And, like, Ian Dell's also there, and he's like, hey, they're actually improving. And she's like, yeah, I mean, did you think I was that bad a teacher? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm... T- t-. And Lukal's like, "He's she's teasing you. He just swats her with a paper. Yep. 
I think Lukul in this chapter is uh, just so much fun when he's so like full of himself and on his big business deal that he made. Which do, I don't think they actually explain that, do they? Uh, I don't. Well, it's okay. So it says that he took a bite out of a bright red sour melon. He hadn't revealed how he'd managed to get a shipment of fruit an entire month before the season began. A fact that was making the rest of the mercantile community rabid with jealousy. So I guess he's the only one with these sour melons because the season hasn't started yet. So he made a killing off of that. Okay. I feel like this has got to be important. It's like a oh, secret business deal. Hmm. The sour well, melons are the key to everything. Lukal's going to be secretly be having a business deal with like <laughs> Fjordan and he turns out to be the bad guy. Ooh. Wow. Deep. Yeah. Secret business deal through the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> there are mountains separating this country from the other countries. So, yeah, you know, it's, maybe he found a secret passage. That's how he got them a month early. So the king is safe. They made enough money off his deal with Tio to keep him on his throne. Yay. And also our friend Edon, who Dak never trusted, has fled the country. I, mean, I was kind of right. Honestly, we haven't no, heard. I wasn't, I wasn't right lately. at all. Like, I feel like he hasn't showed up in a while, mm. so I'd almost forgotten that he was a thing until he left. Good riddance to bad rubbish, I say. Didn't he show up on one of the trips to Elantris? With yes, Serene? he did not help. That's right, he was a total douchebag about it. <laughs> like he is about everything, really. Yeah, and Lukul's just like, hey, he was spineless, arrogant, and would have betrayed us if he ever found the nerve. What, was the, what wasn't there to like about the guy? And Eondel's like, he, Lukal's always like this after he makes a good deal. He'll be insufferable for another week at least. <laughs> and then, like, she's encouraging the women. She's like, hey, you guys are already better than some of the women back in Teod. Probably, you know, the worst of the women back in Teod. But hey, that's not nothing. <laughs> and then she tries to shame them all into coming into Elantris. She's like, Tarina's the, I've invited all of you, and Tarina's the only one who came. And she probably just came because of Shuden, but whatever. She went. She says, I went to Elantris with you. It's like, genuinely didn't realize that's where she was. I'm like, did you not <laughs> notice the people? <laughs> I thought they were just, you know, s- sick. It's like, <laughs> no, they're Elantrians. I thought they were very large, hairless cats. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's where I went? Oh, no, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they got her in there. She was wasted. <laughs> I don't remember. Look, my 21st birthday was last week. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I was dr- I was drunk. I got in the coach with the hot guy. One thing led to another, and I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> Shuden was a perfect gentleman, I'm sure. Now, every time we see Tarina, we're just like, man, she's just wasted. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's her new thing. Maybe his she's... special his special <laughs> dance routine thing that he does, his dance fitness. Uh, maybe it's not <laughs> Maybe he put her into some sort of trance. She's been hypnotized. It's a magical hypno dance. I love it. (laughs) All hail the hypno dance. (laughs) I thought hypnosis was for losers with big fuzzy eyebrows. (laughs) But then we get some more introspection on Serene's part where she's like, man, this is like Teod all over again. Like everybody respects me, but nobody really likes me. So even the queen comes to Serene for advice now. But, you know, if, when people are hanging out and having a good time, if I walk in, it stops and then starts up again when I leave. I'm just alienated still. It's like even the dudes like shooting and Ian don't respect me and may, might even consider me a friend, but they wouldn't think about me romantically. I think this is just like 
trying to parallel Raiden's uh, perspective and just really showing that they're going to wind up back together because they have common, common ground because he feels alienated and alone in Elantris because he's the only one, like, not recovering when he does tasks and everything like that. So he feels alone among the people he's saving. So I feel like that's, that's, just, that's just a parallel between the two. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it could just be bullshit and I'm reading into it, but hey. <laughs> but yeah, she's kind of like, oh, I'm never going to be married now. I mean, I am married, but I wasn't really married. Like, I never even met the dude. She has now. She doesn't know that, though. Yeah. And then Keen shows up, his deep, scratchy voice behind her. Like, Uncle, what are you doing here? Well, I found my house empty. Only one person would dare steal a man's entire household. And I like one comment from his stepson, and he's just like, he looks at him for a second. And he's like, he made a good deal again. <laughs> and Ian does like, yep. He's like, oh, man. And I also like that uh, Keen is It's like, yeah, OK, the king did good, whatever. And everybody's crops are doing really well. So your whole plan is working. And yet I'm still worried. And she tries to use this to like parlay him into he's, he's like, your father would never forgive me if something happened to you in Lantris in Lantris. And she's like. Well, he's not going to forgive you anytime soon anyway, right? And he will not be baited. He's like, no, there's something that you don't need to know. I'm not going to tell you what happened between me and my brother. Eventio might be a great king, but he's a pathetic brother. Of course, I won't soon win any awards for fraternal affection either. And all he says is, we had a disagreement. I had a bad experience. Someone ate all the chocolate ice cream. <laughs> And then she changes topic and is like, do you think there's any secret passages in the palace? And he says, I'd be as surprised as the three virgins if there aren't. I got to stop there for a second because in the annotation, Brandon says. <laughs> I was about to say, what is that? <laughs> he says, oh, and I'm not exactly certain why the three virgins were surprised. However, this line from Keen always cracks me up. I think of three virgins, think of them very surprised. And yeah, anyway, I'm sure they got more than they expected. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he, he came up with it. How does he not know what they were surprised about? He just made up a line that sounded funny. I like it. I guess. Yeah, he's, just, he's just throwing in something. It's like, this is probably something that exists in the backstory. I ain't going to explain it because nothing I say is going to be as funny as just like what people come up with. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> surprised us of three versions. It's like, uh, <laughs> was the surprise that they weren't actually virgins because they didn't understand how sexual sex worked? I don't understand. <laughs> Excuse me. He also mentions here, he's like, one of my challenges in this book was to make the romance between Serene and Rayodin realistic, considering the relatively small amount of time that they've had to spend together so far. I hope to avoid silly love at first sight type plottings, while at the same time making the relationship feel genuine and touching in as short a time as possible. And so that's talking about the end of this chapter where she's kind of sitting there like mooning over spirit and Deora comes over and has a complete misunderstanding of what is going <laughs> on. So yeah, Deora comes over and it's like, do you want to talk about it, dear? Like, he's not for you. And she's like, well, how do you even know? And But then she realizes she's talking about shooting. And she's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not interested in shooting. And Dora's like, oh, of course you're not. Uh-huh. You're, you're close. It's like, uh, shooting hypnotized another one. <laughs> Just everyone's into shooting, apparently. What can you do? Maybe he does. Maybe he is hypnotic. Yeah. Instead of walking down the street, he just does that dance and, like, all the ladies of the town just follow him <laughs> in a line. The pie yeah, it's basically, it's, yeah, it's basically Footloose. Iodon <laughs> <laughs> has forbidden dancing in the yeah. kingdom, but Shuden will free yeah. us. Actually, Shuden will free John us. John Lithgow as Iodon. Yeah, sure. 
I can't see Kevin Bacon is shooting those. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't really work. It's like, uh, it's like you know, Asian Footloose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Footloose. Tai Chi has been outlawed. Only the master can. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta dig. So we move on to Raythan's chapter, and Raythan's sitting there staring at the uh, at the accounting finances for Iodon, which this the entire story of this book hinges so much on accounting. It's like insane. Yeah, and he's just Ryan Norton would would be having a field day, right? Yeah. I guess there's just no accounting for taste. Ah. <laughs> uh, tish. Yep. Well, calculator. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. That that would that would actually took me a minute. <laughs> I like. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> but he is stunned. He's like, Tellery's not going to be king. Where did Iodon get this money? Like, all of my plans are collapsing. First, Serene defeats my Elantris plan, and now somehow they've, like, given this guy enough money to keep the throne, so, like, my puppet is not going to be king. Then I'm going to have to talk to him, and that's going (laughs) to... And on top of that, he's still questioning his faith. And he still has Diloph just being Diloph. Yeah, no joke. That is not helping matters. I just... I, I just remain surprised that at no point throughout this has he thought, can I just have Dilaf killed? Like, <laughs> knife, knife, knife in the back alley, solved my problem. But it's like, it's really, that that has never occurred to him? Yeah, you would think that maybe that would be a good idea, right? Mm. I'd be very surprised if, like, given how bloodthirsty this religion is, thou shalt not kill, like, the followers is really a commandment. Well, they do have a monastery that trains assassins, so... Which he trained at, apparently. Or at least, no, he trained at the at the hidden one, which is even yeah. more deadly and dangerous than the rest. The mystery one. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, uh, you know, he's like uh, Neo in the Matrix. He knows Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're allowed to kill the, well, because he sent Diloph to kill Fionn if he didn't get on the boat, right? So. Yeah, Fionn wasn't sworn to him, though. Diloph is. Like, yeah, even though Diloph is not there's... doing his job. Well... I mean, that's debatable. You could say he is doing his job, but uh, just not the job that Hraithan wants him to do. Yes, he's following the letter, not the spirit. He drops to the ground and starts praying earnestly, pleading for help from Jada. And apparently he's at it for, like, hours, because when somebody comes in, he's like, geez, has it really been that long? Yeah, so let's let's conservatively say that it it, it sunsets at, like, 5 p.m. So that's at least five hours of praying this dude's doing. That's some serious praying. Yeah. Yeah, it says he's, he's, he'd begun prayers just before noon. So, yeah. He gets the box that this guy delivers and says, my Lord Wraith, and here's the poison you requested. He only requested two doses, but it does say four vials, so. Yeah, so he didn't intend to give it to four people unless you need a double dose. Yeah, and it doesn't say he drank two, so I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe All one right. would just make you sick and somehow it brought on the rayad. I don't know. Shayad, not See what I th- what I thought was um po- the poison like gives you the appearance of being an Elantria but none of the unfortunate side effects and then oh. he's got to drink and then he's got to drink the second vial to get rid of the to get rid of the appearance and so that's I and he was I uh, go ahead I'm sorry yeah like I this might be getting into predicament territory but I thought this was like sort of his plan he's gonna drink it look like an Elantria and for a bit 
pray publicly pray to Jada for um, forgiveness, then like knocked out, knock back the second vial and go, look, I'm cured. Jada has cured me. Isn't he great? Um, mm. Cause it says originally he was going to give that to Dilaf, but now, but now he's just like, well, Dilaf is like, I, I can't like, he's already stealing all my followers from me. I can't make him the Messiah of this little Elantrian thing. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to do it myself. I would agree with you. <laughs> I would agree with you, except that nobody but the Elantrians are witnessing him constantly praying. So, and nobody gives a shit what they say. So there are rumors, Joe. I guess. Get out. Yeah. So Ian could be rumor mongering about this as we speak. But oh, Ian's behind the rumors. Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. HBO talks to Ian. Yeah. Yeah. So like. So is Galadon. Yeah. So I just don't see that playing out because it's like, what are they just going to take his word for it? It's like, yeah, dude, I prayed real hard and uh, and now I'm cured. Well, I mean, if he can show that he got cured, then that will be pretty good evidence that something cured him. Sure. Yeah, he was sure. publicly thrown in there. Uh, he wasn't though. That that was kind of the thing. Oh, but like it, the, the his entire congregations, like he yes. wandered around the chapel and they all saw him looking like That's, that and was like, what the shit? True. Yeah, that is true for sure. Plus, he's only in like the the first court. Yeah, he hasn't moved. That's yeah. But so uh, people are watching him. And yeah, he's people could be on there. All of a sudden, magically, his condition goes away. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think that's going to happen, especially because don't they strip him of everything? So, like, if he had a vial on him, oh, that's a good point. They would have been like, "Yo, what's this?" Yep, unless he's he hit scared. it somewhere very uncomfortable, uh, he's probably not going to have a vial. Yeah, I, I hit this. Uh, <laughs> I hit this uncomfortable vial up my ass. <laughs> I just Ooh, thought it would be a time frame thing. It would fade. The effects would fade or something. Yeah, like maybe he, that's... Maybe just maybe that's pray it. and pray and pray for a week, and then all of a sudden it'll go, and everyone will see that we're praying to Jadis cured him, and then that's how he'll get the followers because no one wants to be an Elantrian. Yeah. I'm just trying to make my theory work at the you know, <laughs> at the expense of your your theories uh, where where there's an actual yeah. way to bring on the Shayad, so... When was the last uh, time we had theories go to war with each other? Orser. Orser. Yes. Wow. Okay. That was a, that was a good one. Uh, I, but yeah. I had to spend an entire book trying to discourage his Orsor theory. <laughs> oh, I, I would not be tamed, sir. <laughs> Just like I won't be tamed off of this, you know, Shayat was caused on purpose thing. But I think viewers, if you if you want to donate to us, you can all bet money on who's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I just I just like it just sticks in my craw, right? Like the coincidence of a young prince who's completely in uh in uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not contrast, but who's completely in disagreement with his father on most matters. Who's all of a sudden taken after the deal has been struck for him to have a wife and for his kingdom to have like financial benefits from said thing like all of a sudden he's taken by the by the shayad uh suddenly even though he was in good health and uh you know you know was the door just pour, pouring out of him super hard like i don't get why that would happen uh, okay that's and fair then, that's fair and then also the coincidence that hrathen drinks this poison and it just happens to have the effects to turn him into an elantrian i just don't I don't. Well, I don't buy it. 
I don't buy that. Maybe, even, I don't even buy that it's fake. Like I just don't get. Who's I, the I guy? Who's the guy that um? Oh my god, who's the guy that Brutus? made the potion? Fortin. Fortin. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Fortin. he said maybe to add to your theory, Joe. He said that he already had two such potions to do what Freyton wanted. So yeah, maybe Freyton wanted them. a potion, yeah, to turn him into an Elantrian and then to turn him back. Now, the reason he's already got two potions to do it is because maybe Iodin's already asked for it. Mm. Or someone. Yeah, who and that would be, Maybe that works. Yeah, and that would be my thing is, like, his dad, like, a hun- like knew what was going on. Hold on, I'm going to feed my dog. Let me take a second here. <laughs> Also could be why Raiden. Also could be why Raiden um, feels it differently because he didn't get it organically. Yeah, why he's suffering more? That would kind of make sense, right? Yeah, I have a different theory about that. My theory why he's suffering more, which I just came up with after reading this, is that he keeps trying to use the aeons, and he's he Raiden has come up with the theory that like. The aeons not being used properly because there's something interrupting the flow. So because he keeps tracing them and trying to use it, that's sending more like oh, it's backlashing energy. on him. Yeah, it's basically back every every symbol he draws, like basically the energy flow because it's all jacked up keeps like pushing back on him and causing him pain. That's yeah. my theory on that. I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. We're definitely getting into predicament territory. Yes, that's also I have to say I think the word you were looking for was in opposition. Raven is in opposition to his dad, like completely. Yeah, that's not exactly the word I was looking for, but it fits just as well. He's sitting there thinking, I, I find it interesting that he says he half for, had forgotten about the uh the call to Fortin. So whatever this potion is or this poison, it wasn't like integral to some plan he had going. He wasn't sitting here waiting for it to show up. He was like, Oh right, that thing. I had some like half plan to like, give it to Dylan. the moment late night internet purchase. <laughs> <laughs> he was like drunk. He had his credit card out watching the Home Shopping Network, and he was like, "Oh hell yeah, that looks good. I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna chop these onions so good, they're gonna get chopped, slap chopped." You know, fun. Hook me up with some of that blotchy face shit. You know the one I mean. Yeah, that. It's, it's stuff that it's purple drank, or at least he turns you purple. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then it's just he swishes the, po- the poison around in his file and then downs it, and that is the end of the part. I feel like this is a pretty good cliffhanger for part one because nobody was expecting that. No one was expecting part one to end. Well, yeah, We've forgotten there were parts. <laughs> yeah, it's this true. is 58% of the way through the book, and part one ends. In the, in the annotations, Brandon says, yes, his drinking the poison is supposed to be a zing. Theoretically, this will push you on into the next section of the book. The slower portions of the novel are beginning to wind down, and things are going to start moving a little more quickly. Sander is beginning to lanch. What? A little bit. Oh. So we cut to Rowden in his library at the beginning of part two. Part two is The Call of Elantris, by the way. The whole book was originally going to be titled The Spirit of Elantris, and his editor convinced him to change to just Elantris. So then he made the Spirit of Elantris the title of part three and then had to come up with titles for part one, too. So we got the Shadow of Elantris, the Call of Elantris, and then the Spirit of Elantris. So apparently there are so many books. He says that the bookshelves extend out of sight. So that's a long ass room of books if you can't even see them. <laughs> also, like, those have to be some very well constructed bookshelves. 
right? Yeah, it's like the Owl Library. Yeah, like the Owl Library. So Karada managed to make a discovery of the uh, the catalog. It's like a set of books over here is the catalog of the rest of the library. So that was lucky, or he might have just been wandering around forever. But from that, he was able to find the books on Aeon Door and selected the least complicated volume he could find and started learning. They keep the place pretty much a secret, especially the pool, because Rowden's worried that people just go start throwing themselves in there if they found out there was a way to end the pain. I feel like all those people you have, like the Hoed, who are not getting any better, maybe it would be nice to a nice gesture to put them in there. But then again, I don't know if that's a decision you can make for them. Also, people like the the non-Hoed would then start asking questions like, um, where are all those people? <laughs> it's true. Like, uh, we put them in a box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just in boxes. It's, it's fine. <laughs> oh, man. But he's still thinking about how you know, the pain keeps getting worse and worse for him, and he has to try to figure this shit out before it's too late. And so he's starting to learn about Aeon equations. So not just Aeons, there's equations involved. It's math. So even small differences in how you draw them can make big differences in what the Aeons end up doing. So he's like, a line drawn longer in proportion to the rest of it could have drastic effects. And so he starts picking up on the theory of it. Now that he's got the simple starting place, he starts to understand how this all works and fits together. The door is a powerful reservoir just beyond the normal senses. Its only desire is to escape. It exists in a place full of pressure, and so the energy pushes its way through any exit. However, because of its nature, it can only get into our world, the physical world rather, through a properly sized and shaped opening. So they create this by drawing the aeons, and that creates an opening the door can pass through, but also dictates what the energy will do once it gets out. But if even one thing is a bit off, then it may not be able to enter at all, like a squared trying to force its way through a round hole. I also like how we get into, he's like, some of the theorists describe the process using unfamiliar words like frequency and pulse length. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what that shit means, but... Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it's some kind of wave. Something, something quantum, quantum. Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, if you'll remember, uh, back in Mistborn, the people who can sense allomancy, pulse length is also a factor in that. It's true. They feel the pulsing. Yeah. So anyway, he's guessing that the door has changed somehow. Like, for some reason, the shape changed that the key needs to be to let it out. So now instead of a square, it's a triangle, and that's why nothing's working. And while he's thinking all this, Ian has somehow wandered into the secret libra- underground library. And Galvan's like, how did that get in here? Dude, your seon is creepy. Yeah, he's just a little drunk. Give him a break. <laughs> Galadon's also drunk. Okay. He's like, Ian's just like, constantly inebriated. Oh, Ian. I thought you meant Galadon. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. Galadon's like, oh, Sule, I'm so drunk. Uh, nah, Ian. Ian's like, hey, guys, just came to see what you're doing so I can start spreading some more rumors. Ian's not actually Ian's not actually drunk or broken. He's just just an act. <laughs> yeah. He got, got tired of doing what this dude told him all the time. Yeah, exactly. He's like, ah, forget you, man. <laughs> then we cut to Salen and Rowden talking and Salen's like look this is our last option my men uh, they're too hurt we're not going to be able to stand up against them anymore and so he's come up with a plan to basically ambush them I feel like we should have another plan like Andon was going to do where you like lure them into a building and collapse it on them that would be much uh, safer 
Maybe. It's like a building two blocks away collapses while they're handing out food. Serene just goes, what was that? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Just you, that happens sometimes in Lanterns. It's, it's fine. Hey, look at the buildings. They rot. See, this building's just about to fall over right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the, the last a desperate last ditch attempt at a trap is what it says. And so they go and Spirit is like, hey, when Serene shows up, he's like, hey, you remember how I told you that some of the Lantrians aren't as nice as us? Just um, be ready. Something might happen. And it's interesting because in that previous Serene chapter, we got the uh, like she was shaming all the women. She's like, oh, you need to come with me tomorrow to Elantris. And then it would have made sense to me to have like the attack happen on the day that all the women were here and no men. But that's not actually how it goes. It's like this is a week or two later or something. So I was like, oh, well, what was the point of that thing with the women? Because it specifically says here, like noble, the a collection of noblemen, even a few noble women had come. So it's not that next day. And just when Spirit starts to think, when Rowden starts to believe that maybe the plan worked, that's when the yelling starts. Shaor's men fly out. The guards jump in, uh, surprised, startled from their leisurely idling near the gate. Shaor's men would have taken out, taken out the, the nobles, except that Eondel appears with some of his people and kind of hold them off for a second, long enough for the guards to get there. But Eondel is horribly wounded in the process. Like, he beheads two wild men in one breath. He's Ian Dell jumps in. He's a badass, basically. Sorry. I think I, I was confusing Saolin and Ian Dell in my thing there for a second. Well, they're the only, the only two people who know how to fight. Right? Well, I mean, Saolin did work for Ian Dell. I'm Honestly, I was kind of surprised that we didn't get some recognition between them. Like, Saolin shows up one day when people are handing out food, and he's like, oh, hey, Lord Ian Dell. I feel like uh, Raiden has probably said, like, if you see someone you know... Don't talk to them. Yeah, maybe. But it says, Eondel's weapon, powered by healthy muscles, easily cut through Elantrian flesh. Because all their muscles are kind of atrophying, we have learned, over the course of this story. And then one of them, one of the, the wildmen falls down, basically at Serene's feet. And it's like, we only wanted some food. Saying it over and over, like, that's his hoed mantra. And she looks at Rowden, and she's like, you held them back. You held food back from them, didn't you? And it's true, he did. I mean, there was a good reason for it. It even says that he tried <laughs> giving them food and it didn't help. They just still wanted to attack where all the food was. So yep. he's like, yeah, I did. She says, you tyrant. And he's like, yep, I am. <laughs> it's, uh, I know this is not the inflection, but when I read that part, and he's just like, yeah. I just thought of, like, the Joker. The Joker. When, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just like. <laughs> you think you could steal like, from us and get away with it? Yeah. <laughs> little gamble here won't be able to get a nickel for his grandma she, like i almost started trusting you and then she leaves dashing towards the gate as the soldiers fall back and he walks over and the status part is like sailin sailin rather has become one of the hoed and he's just like i failed my lord failed my lord spirit i was like oh that's poor guy yeah yeah, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, these Red and Serene parts are just like, oh, that's depressing. That's sad. Oh, man, I can't believe that happened. What a, what a bummer. So, Raiden stays there holding Saolin, lost in sorrow, for a very long time, until suddenly the gates open. And I think, I think maybe I didn't even realize this time, because we were, we were reading this whole section at once. But Brandon talks in the annotations about how this was, like, supposed to be a big kind of cliffhanger thing. 
because the gates are opening and you're meant to think that it's these soldiers that we find out in a minute are coming to kill the Elantrians, right? Until we get to the end of Serene's chapter and you find out that they've told the soldiers not to go in and they've pulled back. And so you're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, what, what, why is the gate opening then? And you find out in Raven's chapter that, oh, he's turned into a Lantry, and that's why the gate's opening. I totally didn't get that this time, maybe just because I already knew why the gate was opening, I guess. But what did you guys get that? Yeah, I thought that's when, you know, of course, we've read the end of the chapter and then knew that that wasn't what was happening. Right. But yes, I was like, oh, crap, the soldiers are going to come in there. That's why the gate opened. But that, uh, you know, because we read enough of the chapters quickly enough, it was not a cliffhanger. Yeah. So she comes out and Aisha's like, are you hurt? And she's like, no, I'm fine. And then she sees she explains to Aisha what happened first. He's like, he was withholding food from people. You should have seen them. They were so hungry that the starvation had driven them mad. Spirits warriors kept them from the courtyard, but they must have finally gotten hungry enough to fight back. I was like, you're not really understanding the situation as well as you think you do, but okay. And she's like, I knew what he was doing. Why does it bother me that I was right? But she really wanted to trust him. She's just crushing on him. That's cute. Yeah. It's cute that they both like each other, uh, even though uh, they're married. (laughs) Also, I I feel like she's not used to naturally seeing the good in people, but she's really seeing it with him. So so she's suspicious of the fact that she does see it. And so she's looking for an excuse to not like him. Yeah, I agree. This whole time she's kind of been looking for an excuse to dislike him. So and it's funny because he's the opposite way where he always is like seeing the good and the potential in people. Maybe they'll make a good couple for that. Reason I was about to say it would have been a nice balancing act for them. But yeah. But yeah. So she's like, this is going to be a disaster. Now the all the all the nobility will remember now is that they were attacked and no one will like think nicely of Elantris after this. And then she sees the guards marching up in Idon's personal guard livery and she can tell that they're getting ready to kill and uh, at first the coachman resisted Serene's commands that he drive more quickly but few men found it easy to resist a determined T.O. princess so she's badgering this guy I guess drive faster faster damn it <laughs> I was like, expecting her like, oh I'll do it and throw him off the carriage and take the reins herself <laughs> that does seem like her right and so she basically busts into the king's room and he's like, whatever it is, it'll wait. And she's like, what the do you what the hell do you think you're doing? He's like, is, there's been an attack on my court. I have to respond. It's like, don't give me that shit. You've been looking for an excuse to destroy them for 10 years. Only your the people's superstitions kept you back. And he's like, uh, and your point? Like, I knew that already. So what are you trying to say? And he's like, you should be grateful. It's your honor that was slighted here. And she's like, I can defend my own honor. Thank you very much. Uh. And she sees that he's signing a paper that says, like, Elantris and extermination. So, yeah, those aren't good words to have paired together right there. Um, and it's funny because he does know that his son is in there. So he doesn't he, – I mean, he didn't like his son that much in the first place, I guess. So maybe it, it doesn't bother him. But still, it's kind of harsh. Like in his head, they're not worth saving regardless of who they are. So he just – he doesn't see them as people. Yeah. On that note, though, I did find it interesting that he actually used her name here rather than calling her princess or girl for the first time. It's true. I hadn't even thought about that. It kind of stuck out to me. It's like, oh, okay. Like, after their last confrontation, he recognizes her as uh, someone worth giving a name to. Yeah. He also calls her princess, which is uh, a respectful title, I guess. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe she got a little respect out of him after the last time. Uh, she spends all that credit here, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the ramifications of what she's doing here are not going to be so great. I, I can't imagine anything good coming out of this. But yeah, she's like, go back. He's like, go back to your room, Serene. This will all be over in a matter of hours. And she is like, you listen to me, you little. You are going to take get those soldiers away from Atlantis, and you are going to leave those people alone. Otherwise, I'm going to tell people what I know about you. And he snorts. And she's like, really? Really? You're going to give me that? You're going to feel differently when everybody knows the truth. How do you think your court? They already make fun of you when you're not looking. How do you think they're going to feel uh, when they find out that the only reason you're still king is because I did you a favor? I saved your crown. I had to practically give you money to keep you on the throne. How are people going to feel? You're going to look like an even bigger fool than everyone already thinks you are. Can't even hold on to your own kingdom after you've like squashed it in your greedy hands and enslaved the people. It's like, how's it going to look when everyone finds out that you're indebted to a woman and a foolish girl at that? And he loses all steam and she hands him a pen and some paper and she's like, repeal it. And he does. And she goes, hey, she go stop the soldiers, tell them new orders are coming. And we find out here that apparently a Saiyan can move faster than a galloping horse when he wants to. So that's interesting information. And then she tells one of the guards who's been standing there this whole time to take this letter to the soldiers. And he does. And then the other guard is standing there super awkwardly for a second. And he's like, I'll just, I'll, I'll go make sure that he gets there. <laughs> just <laughs> Don't want to be here. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. She closes the door behind her as she leaves. And the king is crying to himself with his head in his hands. Oh my gosh. It's just a measure of how much we don't like Iodon that like, I did not feel any sympathy for him in this moment. Like he's utterly broken. Yeah. I'm just like, you, you had this coming, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, that's, uh, you know, you're crying. You're a grown man crying because because uh, a girl told you that you uh, sucked. Good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's on you, bro. That's on you, bro. And in, in the annotations, Brandon says, here's where we get the payoff for several hundred pages worth of hinting at Iodon's insecurity and paranoia. Plotting, in my estimation, is all about payoffs. You have to earn your plot. And you do this by putting the pieces together in the right places so when you get to a climax, even a smaller one, your readers accept what's happening. So yeah, I think that we uh, had sufficient build-up to Iodon being a spineless little shit that uh, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not surprised here. And it feels satisfying uh, and not sympathetic at all, So, as Dak said. Oh, goodness. So yes, by the time Serene gets to Elantris, the orders had already arrived, and they're just standing around. And she's like, you guys go home. And the captain's like, no. We received orders not to attack, but not to leave. And then a guy shows up and is like, here, here's the orders for you to leave. And Serene goes up to the top, and from the top of the wall, she can see Rayodin down there, like, cradling Salen in his arms. And she also sees, uh, apparently, a uh, a body that's been, like, cut in half. It says his legs were lying do a dozen feet from his chest. And somehow, he's still moving, waving his arms around. And finally, she gets it. They say the Elantrians are dead, and for the first time she realizes they don't need to eat. Now I understand. But why do they eat then? Yeah. It really sucks that uh, your body doesn't do anything and doesn't apparently need energy from you to survive, but it still really wants the food. That's like the worst. Yeah. And she still feels kind of sorry for Spirit. She's like, I guess even like a tyrant can care about the people who follow him. But really, she's sad that she's never going to see him again. Her crush. 
And so she so she sought refuge in the only place where she felt safe at Keen's house. And she's like, gives him a hug and she's crying all the shit that's gone down today. And Luke was like, oh, speak of the lion and he will come to feast a Jindo proverb. There's actually an interesting note in here about that, which is uh, the proverb about the lion is actually a Korean proverb. One which always stood out to me because it was almost identical to our proverb, speak the name of the devil and he will appear. The Korean version is, if you say the name of the tiger, he will appear. He says, from what I've seen, you'd be surprised at how many proverbs span cultures. They may sound a little different, but the meanings are often similar. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, he did his, uh, yeah, he's, he's a Mormon, so he did his missionary work in Korea. So he speaks Korean, and he often mentions, like, Korean stuff in these uh, annotations. Uh, yeah, I thought the interesting thing about this proverb was, like, ah, okay, so that proves that lions exist in this world. Yes, it you, does. Know, you never know what animals are uh, in fantasy books until they until they specifically bring them up. So it's like, OK, there are lions. Cool. That's interesting. I don't know what to do with that information, but I have it. <laughs> Maybe there's mysteries. You never know. They could be there. <laughs> Probably not. Since they weren't naturally occurring animals and they were terrorist men changed into mysteries. But whatever. Maybe they have Elantrian lions. Mm-hmm. Lions that lions that can't die, but are always hungry. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> That would be terrible. And Casey is really excited in the in the moment of silence. She's like, Serene, did they really try to eat you? She's like, no, they just wanted some of our food. And Casey's like, man, and I missed it. Why'd you have to get sick? So apparently her, she and her brother were going to go and uh, her brother got sick. And then Luke was like, so was it true? And Serene's like, yeah, some Lantrians attacked us, but nobody got hurt. And he's like, no, no. I mean, the thing about the king, did you really yell at him until he <laughs> gave in? And she's like, oh, shit, people have heard about that. They say your voice resounded all the way to the main hall. Iodon still hasn't left his study. That's that's not good that everyone has heard this. That makes the whole thing even worse. Yeah, because if uh, they hear the specifics of what she was yelling, she's like, oh, I'll tell everyone what I did to save you. And they're just like, well, we know now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Uh, that's the whole thing. Her gar- His guards were there and obviously heard it. So. Yeah. And I like Deora's like, no, you did the right thing. He needed to be taken down a peg. And Shereen's like, it wasn't really hard. Beneath all that blustery, he's very insecure. And she's like, most men are, dear. Thanks. I'm not saying it's not true, but just you didn't have to, you didn't have to put it out there like that. Like, seriously, come on. Let's let's just, you know, finish Deora's thought and say that most <laughs> people are. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Serene's like, man, Iodon is not going to react well. And Luke was like, it's fine. You can just yell at him again. And Keen's like, uh, no, monarchs can't afford to be reprimanded in public. This is going to be bad. And Lukal, who you got to remember, it may still be high on his, like, awesome business deal. So he's a little flippant. It's like, maybe he'll just abdicate in favor of Serene. At which point, Aish floats in the window, and he's like, that's exactly what your dad was worried about. You guys remember in, like, the second chapter of this book, he's like, do not overthrow the king and, like, put yourself on the throne or whatever. Queen Serene? Oh, God. This is exactly what I did want to happen. He calls her up, and she's like, what the hell happened? He's like, she's like, it just... That kind of happened. I'm sorry. You know, I yelled at a guy. He cried. They made me queen. I don't know what to tell you, Dad. <laughs> but she, I, I believe she promised him she would wait at least two months before uh, doing something like that. And I don't think it's been two months yet. So no, she, it's probably been like a month and a half tops. She couldn't even keep that promise. Jeez. And Ace reports that uh, the after the guards returned to the palace, the captain went to see the king and the, his majesty refused to open his doors. And Lugal's just like, yeah, I wouldn't do for a soldier to see his king ball like a child. Dude, you're not helping. 
Like, <laughs> this guy. And then Shooten shows up. He's like, I just heard some interesting news. And Luke was like, yeah, the, about Serene. And she's like, oh, no, no, this is something else. He's like, that's old news. That's five minutes ago news. And Serene's like, well, what else could possibly have happened? And Shooten's like, you're never going to believe who the Shayod took last night. So this. <gasps> Drill this crush throat. <laughs> at this point, did you guys realize who, uh, when he said that? Are you like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if. Kraythan is Drail Crushthroat. Dude, that'd in be addition, pretty sweet. He's a badass. In addition to being the kickboxing monk, he's also, like, the pirate. <laughs> pirate yeah. king. king yeah. Kickboxing monk pirate. Yeah. You know, what's crazy to me, like, they just keep mentioning this pirate. Like, is there a book devoted to this pirate? I don't think they mentioned him again. This we we brought him up just now. No, but I wasn't here for last week. But they oh, mentioned yeah, him yeah. last week, and I'm just like, what? Like, what is it with this guy? Everybody's talking about him. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. Yeah, I guess it's just like he's the le- man, the myth, the legend. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's the one who made it with the three virgins. Yeah, there you go. That's why they were so surprised. Uh, yeah, they were surprised by by the crush throat. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Fettis, I would be surprised as well yeah, that's, in that instance. That's why he disappeared. It's a whole big love situation, and he's married oh to three God. versions. You know who needs to be the pirate is Eshin. That's, uh, that would be a, a surprise. Uh, yeah, you guys or, didn't watch Disenchantment, did you? No. Or what if, what if, uh, what if, uh, Keen was the pirate? And Keen that's is the what, pirate lord? Yeah, and that's what his... That's why he and his brother had a falling out because he found out he was a pirate lord, and then that's why also he knows oh. like all of these dishes from all these different cultures and lands because he was a pirate and he sailed to all these places and like pillaged them and learned love, their ways. I love that. It's like he pillaged them and he he, he makes sure to steal a recipe book at every stop yeah. so that he can learn <laughs> the recipes. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna be the best cook ever, and then and like, like secretly crush throat like. Was like they loved their captain because he was so good at cooking food. Oh yeah, that would work. They're like, I'll join his crew just for the food. <laughs> so it depends on the day. Some days he might cook you the best feast ever. Some days he might cross your throat. But hey, it's worth it for yeah. a good meal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good meal. Some days he'll cook you up a sauce so delicious you think you died and gone to Domi. And other days. He'll feed you to the bloody sharks. Never can tell with crushed throat. <laughs> and then one day he just he just hung up his iron gauntlets and said, nah, mates, me throat crushing days are done. <laughs> and we were like, no, who's going to serve us delicious food now? I have to learn to cook me own shit. What the hell, Cap? Yeah. This is this is new headcanon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Keen, the the the. Cooking pirate, the legendary cooking pirate. I love it. Right. I love that all his crew had to be like Michael Caine. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And that's why, that's why I'm here peeling potatoes, because Crossroads gone and left me. A potato (laughs) the size of a tangerine. Yeah. (laughs) I was peeling a potato the size of a tangerine. That's not a very big potato. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Well, you know, it's more about the flavor than the than the size. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, you, you could you could wind up like the first mate who the first thing he tried to cook was one of them Elantrian lions. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Think, things didn't w- to, work out well for Stomp Boot. No. Stomp. Way to bring us full circle back. Good job. Yo. Yeah. He, uh, you know, that lion let loose, ate about half the crew. <laughs> <laughs> no, it still wasn't. It still wasn't satiated, so we had to truck him overboard. We couldn't even figure out where it was going. Like it wasn't enough room in him for all the crew members, but he ate them all anyway. Yeah. Have you ever seen an Elantrian lion? It's just like a big hairless cat. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, it would be hairless too, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that is it was, horrifying. It was terrifying. Terrifying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're going to have to come oh, back to that. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, yeah. not a good picture. Um, so, Horathan didn't try to hide the transformation. He just walks through in the middle of morning services. It was worth Horathan. the loss of hair to see um, Dilos's reaction. Horathan, you're an Elantrian. Shut up, baby, I know it. <laughs> and the Karathi priests show up a little bit later to you know, put him in a white robe and uh, take him away. He's he, the confused Diloff watching from his alcove, his eyes openly hating Hraithan for the first time. Which, yeah, he would. But I can also understand why he's confused. It's like, apparently everyone knows that only, like, people from Erlon and stuff get taken by the Sheod. So this is like, what on earth is happening here? So, yeah, they wash him, wrap him in some white cloth, give him a little basket. But when they get to the city, the soldiers are blocking the way. And we know what soldiers these are because we just saw them in the previous chapters. So they take him off to a side room to wait for a couple hours, it says. And apparently it says he'd heard that they only throw people in Lantris during a certain time of day. But I guess it was more of a window of time than a specific moment because eventually they give him the basket and they offer a prayer and they shove him through. And so, yeah, he just stands there. He drops his basket, drops to his knees and starts praying to Jadeth loudly. Lift this taint from my blood. Restore me to life. I implore you with the all power, with all the power of my position as a holy Gjorn. And he just keeps repeating it again and again. And once again, yeah, this chapter is extremely short. In our last chapter, uh, they start out putting Salen in the pool so that he dissolves. And Raylan's like, you know, I wanted to give him the, the mercy of the pool because his wound was so terrible, but also because I would not be able to walk into the Hall of the Fallen if I had to listen to him being like, I failed my Lord's spirit over and over, which I get. That's that's messed oh, up. Oh, yeah. That's that would just fuck you up. And he's like, oh, man, this is all my fault. But then it turns out it's like the people start coming back when they realize Serene's not showing up again with any more food. And they come back actually more confident in like he's, he says that they 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 realize that it takes more than food. It takes more than not being in pain to be happy. So they're looking for something more now when before they were just wanting food, basically. And not only that, but more of them are coming than came before. Something about Serene's, like, bringing food all the time kind of snapped them out of their just wandering around aimlessly. Mm, yeah. So that's nice. And then we get Galadon and uh, Raiden looking at the Gjorn and discussing. It's like, this guy shouldn't be here. Like, they don't get taken. Only people from Aralon, Teod, and occasionally Duladel get taken. And so they're discussing, like, how the hell did this happen? And uh, it's been three days since he got here, and he's still praying. And so Raven's like, I guess when he's done praying, we'll go and invite him to join us. And like Galadon, like, yeah, like, like we haven't tried praying before. I feel like Galadon's working out some issues because he's just been told that Duladel fell to the Fjordan Empire. So now he's confronted with a Fjordal priest. He's just like, man, fuck that guy. 
Yeah, he doesn't even know that this is the guy who's responsible, but yeah. Uh, he's just bearing a grudge. And then they start to see some of Shaor's men slinking around to gra- to get the food from from Raithen, and they're like, oh, Robin's like, come on, we gotta go save him. Dola can burn me for helping a Gjorn. And they round the side of the building just in time to see Hraithen leap to his feet, spinning with near inhuman speed and catching Sheor's man by the head, snapping his neck and throwing him against the gate. Then he does a spin kick and tosses another one across the <laughs> courtyard. I mean, do we need more evidence that we obviously need a film uh, or not a film, <laughs> but a, a book about this monastery? I mean, come on. Right. A docu- documentary. He like gives a guy some rabbit punches to the face and then a kick. <laughs> I like I like Dak's idea documentary. It's like <laughs> I'm going in depth and undercover in this monastery <laughs> to find out just what it is about the Fjordel Empire's secret monks that we don't know. I want it to be like one of those uh, one of those like action adventure YouTubers who's just way over the top and he's like, "We're going in." We're going to see stuff nobody's ever seen before. Oh, my gosh. Shaky cam. Shaky cam. Yeah. And then, like, Dr. Horrible style, it cuts to him the next day, and he's just, like, his face is all, all just beating the shit out of him. It's like, my kickboxing needs work. Yep. Yeah. Not not even that. Just, like, immediately he walks in, and then uh, they're like, oh, God, they've spotted us. And then they get killed immediately, and the camera just falls over, and it goes to static. Yep. Oh, okay. Let's see. So, uh, yeah, the the two men who could still move decide to leave. And the one guy with a broken neck is still laying there whimpering. And Robin's just like, man, what a pity. We could have used those guys back in New Orleans. He's not even he d- doesn't mention being impressed like Galadon does when Galadon's like, man, we should have realized that Dorothy priest could take care of themselves. I don't know. Like right before that, Raiden's is running up and he just sort of stops dead. His mouth falls open. He's like, uh, what? Yeah, that's true. So he'd heard that Dorethi priests have to train in the infamous monasteries, but assumed that a middle-aged Gjorn would not have maintained his skills. Well, you assume incorrectly, sir. And Galadon's like, well, I don't know what we can do about, like, the wild men. And Raoden has come up with a plan. They move into Shaor's territory so quickly that nobody notices them until they're right in the middle. They start howling. And Daishi, I guess, has kind of taken the place of Salen. Uh, he's one of the only fighting men left. And Raiden's plan is to take a big-ass bag of the seed corn, and they get close enough to hear Shaor screaming, bring me food, I want food, and then commanding them to kill the intruders. But uh, it's too late. They've spilled the corn in- onto the floor of the bank, and all the Shaor's men care about is the food that suddenly showed up. So she's screaming, kill them, but they're too busy stuffing their mouths. It's like total boss move. Instead of a mic drop, it's a corn drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just cuts to the first one shows up a few hours later at New Elantris, and he's just holding some of this corn. And this is where it tells us it's the seed corn. It's corn that's bit hardened over the winter for planting. And Riordan has built a big fire using a bunch of their wood because it's a big-ass fire, and Galadon did not approve of this. But he needed to get their attention and remind them of something. So the guy walks up, and he's got you know, handfuls of slimy corn, or actually got a sack, I'm sorry. A sack of corn that he's managed to uh, have in there, and he's, he says, cook. I mean, Raven has to be like, no, no, no. Don't pretend you don't, don't you don't understand me. You, you can't have been here longer than six months. You have not forgotten language. Don't give me that shit. 
And so, yeah, finally, guys, the guy says cook. And that's where you find out it's the seed. It's too painful for them to chew or swallow, basically. Like, you can't eat this straight. So he'd hoped that the combination of this inedible food and the fire would remind them, hey, cooking is a thing. And bring them back to civilization. So he says, I won't cook for you, but I will let you do it for yourself. And that is the end of the chapter. Really just seems like he's just out of fucks to give at this point. He's like, <laughs> I, I lost Salen. All right, Shayor storms into a camp, like doesn't give a shit, dumps corn everywhere, leaves. And then when they finally come back, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to earn it, bitch. <laughs> well, I think what he's trying to do is make them remember and give them purpose. Well, he is, but he's doing it in a much more, he's a less gentle way than he was doing before to the other people. He is. I don't think yeah. he's run out of fucks, though. <laughs> but Brandon mentions, I was going to hit the annotations a little bit on this, because um, he says, I knew Raiden had to have more difficulty with Sheor's band than with the other two. Quote, unquote, defeating Karada and Tan happened quickly and with relative ease. If Sheor's band had not presented a problem, then the entire three gangs plot would have been unfulfilling. So in these chapters, I step up the danger from Shaver's crew. In the early drafts of the book, the danger wasn't present enough. In fact, that was one of the main comments the CEO of Tor, his publisher, gave me when he read Elantris. So I increased Shaver's numbers, giving them a larger percentage of Tan's men and a larger number to begin with, and made them more dangerous in the way they attacked. So that's interesting. I, I, and I remember we did, we, we talked about after the first two gangs went down, it's like this is not, as the, the, the gang storyline has not been as satisfying as we had hoped basically so if and I, we don't know for sure this is the end but if this was the end of the shayor section would you feel it was more satisfying or does it still seem a little fast it doesn't seem fast but it does still seem somewhat unsatisfying okay that's fair that's assuming this brings everyone across though like i feel like shayor still gonna be a little shit yeah <laughs> she's gonna be like they're gonna have to like train her to not be terrible basically She's going to be the man. It's been so long. I don't even remember her name. Who's the girl we all hate that was in Debris? Orian. Orian. She's going to be the Orian of the piece. Mm. Boo. We don't need any Orian. <laughs> we don't need no Orian. We don't need no. Hey, thought control. No, that totally works because she does that. See? Mm. <laughs> what, 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 does, what does she have? The wig of godhood? Yeah, the wig of godhood. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. mustache of leadership, wig of godhood. Uh, you know, corn of of servitude. <laughs> corn of servitude. Uh, okay, I guess Black let's get Eeyore. into. Eh. Well, Karada had the children of hope. It's true. Yeah, that's fair. Child of hope, the corn of servitude. Uh, With our okay. powers combined, we make <laughs> Captain Elantris. <laughs> predigments people what do we think is going to happen next well i think we already sort of talked about oh my god i forgot his name raven's potion poison situation so i won't touch more on that one bit of a wild one i'm gonna throw my hand up for a wild one lucal made so much money off his sour melon trade deal that he will be king Ooh, that would be a good deal if it was like that big (laughs) nice okay i like it they went too far like the other way. All the sour melons. <laughs> <laughs> Only I have sour melons. Yeah, Shayor's band. I think there will be there will be many of them that will come across, and Raiden's numbers will increase. But I think that gang will probably still present a problem. I think too, 
I, I think I think I said last week or the week before that I didn't think Raiden was going to heal. Like, he, they might get everyone else to heal, but I think he'll be different. Um, oh, my God, where was I going with that? Shit. <laughs> Seriously, baby brain. <laughs> this happens to me when I'm driving. I forget where I am, and I'm like, oh, That's I don't know where I am. <laughs> or where I'm going. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> terrible. Um, oh, my God. Gone. Gone. It's okay. You were, uh, I'll think about it. So on the, <laughs> all the way through your pregnancy, you were fine, but it's just now after you've had the baby, your brain. Oh, yeah. I was definitely losing it through the pregnancy, but no, it's, it's genuinely like a switch just turns <laughs> off in my brain, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have no idea. Raiden, Raiden won't survive because he's different. He's feeling it differently. Everyone else will survive. Oh, no, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll come circle back to me at the end if I remember what it was. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked a little bit about throughout some of our predictions, but I'll just maybe go over and reiterate some of the stuff I was saying. So, like... I don't think the Raiden stuff is coincidental, him him becoming a Lantrian and now Hraithan becoming a Lantrian. I, 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 while I understand and can see the likelihood of Dak and what Dak and Jamie have said about Hraithan, I really do think he has become an Elantrian and that somehow that potion like does that. Because what worse thing could he have done to Diloth, because he had originally intended for Diloth, what worse thing could he have done to Diloth than make him an Elantrian? Yeah, um, true. So I think it's very possible that that was done to Raiden on purpose and that, it's, and that Hraithan did it to himself on purpose for some ulterior motive. What that motive is, I don't know. I mean, I I I want to believe because right before he drank the potion, he like he was basically trying to see if if he could really push his faith out, out, like uh, not maybe push, but maybe really trust in his God again. And so, like, I almost think that he drank the poison to to basically test his faith and test his God to say, like, I am putting my life, my entire life in your hands because I, be- I want to believe in you so much to have that that zeal and faith again that I'm going to drink this poison and I'm going to pray to you to bring me uh, bring me back out of out of this Elantrian state that I'm going to put myself into. So I almost think it's he's coming more from a motivation of like he wants to believe so badly that his God can do anything that he's now put himself in this situation on purpose to try to prove it. And that probably is not going to work out well for him. Uh, so my predicament for him is that when he eventually comes to the conclusion that he is now an Elantrian and it's not going to end, that he, he, w- he will get to know spirit and then uh, join his cause because at least it's it's a productive cause within Elantris. So I think that's how he's going to kind of fit in to the plot. At the same, in the same token, I think that Serene, even though you know she's saying, "Oh, I'll never see Spirit again," I think I I still am holding out hope that the two of them are going to get together and he will finally disclose that he is Raiden, and then that's going to be enough for her to basically want to help him as much as possible and do whatever she can. And um, predicament long game, I, I think the foreshadowing and the goofiness of the uh, the thing about her dad saying, you know, don't overthrow the king, and, and then them joking, like, maybe she'll be queen. Like, I think that's 
what's going to end up happening. I think like Raiden's going to be like the leader of Elantris at the end of the book. And I think Serene's going to be the leader of Aralon. And like they'll oh. rule in this weird like tandem way. It's like, uh, you know, Raiden's leading from Elantris. She's reading for, leading from Aralon. And because they're married and, you know, it works out. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping long game happens at the end of the book. That's interesting. Kind of, that, that, that would be kind of a cool uh, setup at the end where she's she kind of gets her own country, but also she's like, you know, still kind of co whatever with her Elantrian husband or whatever. Yeah. OK. OK, so I've got two theories and they both revolve around Hraithan. Like I, like I said before, I think that Hraithan, you know, Hraithan's potion was was specifically designed for him to do a double blind where it's like, oh, I've become an Elantrian, but then I prayed so hard I healed. I think uh, originally he was going to give it to Dilaf, and now he's realized Dilaf is too dangerous to let him become the Messiah, so he's decided to do it himself. But he still has those other vials. Um, I think Joe was right. It's like he can't sneak a vial in to cure him, so I don't think any of those vials are for a cure. They must all be for other people he's going to dose up. So I feel like he might try and spike the three people who are in most opposition to his cause. He might try and get rid of Omen, Iodon, and Serene oh, uh, with, wow. those, with those vials and, ma- and make them all Lantrians. And then once they heal and come, a- come out of it, he can just say, like, I prayed for you and make it. And it looks like all his plan. Uh, mm. like, you know, and then because they're, they're the three that are most strongly opposed to him, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and so, like, that's his plan. Like, if, if he says, oh, you've healed because I prayed for you. Like publicly, they might have to. Like he's he's trying to convince pu- like public opinion that because of him they've returned, and so like then that like his main opposition like was pretty much forced to convert to his side. Interesting. So that, so like, I feel like that's a bit that's a bit of a wild one, but I think that's probably where that goes. The other thing that I had is like before that all happens, he's obviously got to have some time in Elantris. I feel like. He's going to wander around a bit. He's going to come across Shaor's men, and um, now that Shaor's power over them has broken, he might set himself up as the new godlike figure for them. He's like, follow Ooh. me, like, and like, because, and if he if he t- if he does turn back from a Lantrian to a normal looking fella, and and they all see it, like, he might commit some more. It's like you can be like me if you follow Shudereth and renounce your wicked ways or whatever. And then he's got an army of Elantrian beastmen to follow along and do his will. So that would oh that would be dangerous. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that may have been my favorite one. Just the picture of like he's gonna walk out like the gates of Elantris and be like my minions, and then like the beast yeah. men are fall. Oh, that's 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 intimidating. Yeah. He's like I I I prayed hard and now I am well. You can do the same and and I and I will protect you. And he brings them with him. Oof. And and imagine Dilaf's reaction to that. Yeah, no, that would, he would not like not be happy about that. Dilaf, these people have pledged themselves to shoot Dara, and Dilaf's <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I have to burn them all, and 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 um, and and Hraithan just goes, no, no, I've sworn them all as my artets, and Dilaf goes, oh fuck. <laughs> Actually, you see, you see Lefty over there, the one uh, on all four. He's the new head artet of the chapel, so you'll be reporting to him from now on. And maybe that will give these people singular purpose to take their mind off the hunger. I don't know. I mean, if he takes them out, he can give them food. Yeah. When I was reading these chapters, I had a moment where I, I don't know, my brain just turned off because that's the thing I do now. Um, (laughs) And 
I'd read something, there was a line and it was something like Delaf was like a crafty artist or something. And I just, I don't know, I really misread it. And I, I got the word artist was bitch. So he's a crafty bitch. <laughs> I was like, okay. Now I've just got this image of Crazen coming out <laughs> with his artist. <laughs> what aren't artists? <laughs> it's like, <they're> my bitches. <laughs> Great, then you got real sassy all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> I know. Every time I read it, I giggle. Every time I read that word, I just giggle a little bit. Like, oh no, this is this is what's in my head now. He kicks in the door of the chapel with the Elantrian beastmen following him. Looks up at Dilaf and goes, "Who's the crafty one now, bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now every time the word Arteth shows up, that's gonna be in my head too. You've you've, you've ruined yeah. it. <laughs> yep. If it's ruined for me, it must be ruined for all. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay. We have, we have three emails this week. Two of them were actually from last week, but the computer died, so we didn't get to read them. So here we go. Um, also, to remind everyone, we are recording several episodes kind of close together. So if you are sending an email, uh, and uh, maybe a few weeks before you hear it, because we're, we're, we're banking some episodes so we can take a break of a few weeks later without you guys missing out on much. So... The first one is from Daniel, and Daniel says, Hi, all. I just finished episode 13, and Jamie got the Sazed Hero of Ages prediction right. Huge. She's had a few huge predicaments. <laughs> Love the show and making my way through it. And uh, I, I replied to Daniel and said, Yeah, that was a good one. Jamie's really sharp with some of her predictions. And he replied, I thought it was equally impressive how cool you handled it and gave nothing away. Which, thanks, Daniel. Episode 13 really early. Yep. Yeah, that's the one that uh, when we had the best of the whole, like the three best predicaments from the whole series, that was the one I pulled out for you where you're like, I think maybe the Hero of Ages will be sazed. And you were like, I forgot I said that. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, I forgot I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Been a while. Also, it's like, it's, it's going to be months before he gets up to this episode and actually hears his email come in. Oh, yeah. Probably. And then he'll go, oh, I forgot I said that. I forgot I said that. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It all full circle once again. Yep. He's like, oh, it's me from the past. Oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> I said that. I remember me. <laughs> I like me. <laughs> our uh, our next email is from, uh, it says Bear Music. B-A-I-R Music. Okay. Hey, yo, y'all. My name's Baird. Yes, that's my actual name. And yes, I enjoy he- hearing people fumble over it. It's B-A-I-R-D. I assume that's Baird. That's how we pronounce the, the town near here that has that same name. Yeah, that's true. So I've decided to give your baby is B A I R N, and that's Bairn. So. Oh yeah, Bairn. Sure, I've heard that one too. Yep. We Bairn. Yeah. Um, I've decided to give your podcast a one star rating. The hosts are trite, and I couldn't make it past the first five minutes of episode one. Just kidding. I get it. <laughs> I get it. This guy listened to the baby break. Yep. yep. <laughs> I gotta say, this podcast is a godsend for me. I saw a post on Reddit a while back and decided to give it a listen about two weeks ago. Today I finished the most recent episode, so I've been listening basically nonstop. I work in a warehouse. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Like that's a every lot of... episode in two weeks. That's yeah. a lot of uh, well done. When did he sleep? I, uh, exactly. I don't even want to hear me that much. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful, but how? Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he's, he's one of the people listening to a 1.5 speed. That could help. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that's a thing. I work Data. in... Where- <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I work in warehousing. And so for about nine plus hours every day, I have headphones on while I box things. And this gave me something well, interesting to to while I toil like a ska. Sadly, no Kelsier is coming to burn down the warehouse. Or maybe thankfully, there's no Kelsier to burn it down as I would be out of a job. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, also, I hope you're getting paid and, and you're not actually a ska who's just doing it because <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Is there a man in the warehouse with a whip? Everybody work. Ah, everybody work. <laughs> mean man, whip us. We are slaves. <laughs> oh, gosh. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Show me the money. <laughs> Pikachu, please don't see it. Oh, man. Clerks cartoon is the best thing ever. Only six episodes. And honestly, I rewatched them that, not that long ago. And uh, it's it's very 90s, early 2000s in like the gay jokes and stuff, which I was like, ooh, that wouldn't go over very well. Today. Yeah, those parts not so good. But the raz- crazy, random, hilarious stuff. <laughs> anyway, he, he says, I produce music as a secondary job. And I just got to say, I'm looking forward to hearing spook rap. If you need a beat, let me know. And I'll sample y'all singing It Sucks to Be a Ska or something. <laughs> I, I hate to wow. break it to you, but I gave up on that long ago. <laughs> uh, we've moved away from Spook, so Joe gave I, up. I, as soon as I didn't have to hear about Spook anymore, I didn't <laughs> hear about Spook anymore. Look, I forgot him entirely. You just wait till he comes back. Yeah, he and Kelsey will be in the background of some book, and I'll be like, oh, hey, hey it's that guy I hate. <laughs> he's going to be the main character of Arrow 2. Didn't I mention that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, jokes aside, I do have a couple of things I want to bring up. First off, Joe, in my opinion, your opinion on the Mistborn trilogy is a bit harsh. My reason for saying this is because in the end, the way the podcast is set up changes the pacing, feel, and ingestion of the book. I think if the first time through you had just read it cover to cover, you probably would have had a whole different experience. Reading it through this way is a bit like watching a movie at half speed and then judging it like you would any other movie. Maybe you get a more in-depth look and miss some of the other things other, and missed some things other people wouldn't have picked up. But there is a reason the movie isn't at half speed in the first place. Maybe your opinion wouldn't change if you read it like a normal book. But I recommend you at least read them normally if you get a chance and compare. No offense intended. No, and, and I don't take any offense. And I I have considered uh, rereading them through normally. But I'll, tell, but I'll tell you this. Having the hindsight, like, yeah, I'm going to make it all the way through the books because I already know what happens if I reread them. But if I had read them at normal speed, I probably would have not picked up the second book. At the end of the first book, I was not really that interested in reading the next one. But because of the podcast, I was like, well, I got to I got to read the next one. So to be fair, I probably would never have made it through the trilogy. Adding on to that, the ending of Hero of Ages simply sits right with me. I remember reading it through the first time and feeling like it sat right. One thing I love about Brandon's books is that it isn't always hero wins. Everything is awesome. Everyone is fine. There's a cost, and all and of all the characters that could have died in the end, I think Vin and Ellen were the right ones to go. Except maybe Spook. Mutual hate there. I call him Spoop in my head. <laughs> uh, okay. Random, yeah, right. Random thought. Do you think Inquisitors are essentially the punks of the Mistborn world? They have all the piercings and stuff, after all. Maybe they get crazy <laughs> rad spike modifications. Also, do you think spiking someone's drink in Mistborn is literal? Uh, I don't <laughs> think spiking their drink is literal, at literal, and I always thought of Inquisitors as the Cenobites of the Mistborn uh, world. That's a Hellraiser reference for you, if you're into Hellraiser. I watched the first one, and I never watched any of the other ones, because I didn't <laughs> like it. Uh, 
this is getting a bit long, so I'll wrap it up. Hope you don't mind reading all this. Loving it so far. My coworkers have asked me multiple times what I'm laughing at, and my brother finds you guys hilarious. Keep it up. Don't stop. Interested to see how you guys deal with Stormlight. Now, those are some very thick books. I'll probably send an email again next week if I find time, and I'll definitely buy some of the shirts if you make them. Here's hoping you make a Yedin Deserved It shirt or something equally terrible. <laughs> it's just a head on a spike. And the, the, the sign off here. Deserved it. That would be a pretty grotesque shirt. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, he the, said he'd buy it. The sign-off is, Till the time of Joe reading Dinosaur Erotica. Oh, God. Oh, uh, so you're never going to write again, basically, is what you're saying. And then, a few days later, Baird sent us a second email that was just an image, and I will pop it into... Oh, hold on, I gotta, I gotta fix this. Uh, I gotta, like, okay, I gotta be looking right at my screen, otherwise I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna pop it into the, the, the chat that we have going on over there. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's a better place to put it. <laughs> so it's it, for, for, for listeners, it is like a little meme thing where, where the guy colored up like Kelsier <laughs> who's shrugging and it says, when the 11th medal doesn't work and the Kelsier character says, guess I'll die. Which, yeah. I like the Mistborn cloak. <laughs> yes, it's it's a very well yeah. done Mistborn cloak, given that this looks like it was colored in paint. This is so. done in yeah. paint, yes. <laughs> I saw like, how blonde the guy is. Kelsier's blonde. He's gone Super Saiyan. He, that, that yeah, was my exactly. When I first saw the thumbnail of the picture, I was like, did he send us a Super Saiyan? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Moustache. Moustache. You're going to have to make this the image or something for Oh, I totally this should. Podcast. It'll make no Sorry, sense I'm... until people re- Yeah, I like that. Okay, we'll do that. If I remember, because yeah. this will be like weeks from now that I'm uploading this one. But anyway, <sighs> thank you, Baird. That was awesome. I got a real kick out of the picture. Last email from Michael. Hello, Sandra Lanch crew. Bleh. Glad to hear the whole team is back on the show. I was wondering if you guys had any ideas why Diloff seems to have such a bone to pick with the Elantrians. Also, Data, you beautiful bastard, the way you keep po- positing ideas and suggestions and then going, I don't know, when you know exactly what's going to happen. I love it, and it's hilarious every time, especially when the rest of the team picks up on your hints at a later episode. Great episode yeah, as yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, yuck it up. You guys are a great way to start my Monday commute. Was until the time of next. Colo, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, it's uh, sure. It's I'm sure it's really great for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm over, over here like Spook is king. What a kick in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so yeah, those were our emails. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to send us an email, which, as I said, it may be a while before you hear. Sorry, bear with us. Uh, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You could find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all sorts of various places like that. For next time, we are going to read four chapters. So we're going back down a little bit. Chapters 32, 33, 34, and 35. Although the week after that is six chapters again. So, you know. Hey. Uh, but anyway, so for anyone following along for the next episode, four chapters, 32 through 35, we'll see uh, we'll see what interesting things happen next. We'll see if, you know, if the pace keeps up and more crazy stuff is going on or maybe we slow back down a little bit after uh, the craziness of this week. Well, yeah, music by Miracle of Sound, definitely. But uh, I guess I was going to let everyone know that not next week, but the week after that, we will not have a new episode for you guys. We're, we're we're having to skip several weeks of recording, but hopefully for you guys, it'll only be one episode that gets skipped. And I want to let you guys know well ahead of time, because I always appreciate it when a podcast I like does that. So we'll, we will be here next week. The week after that, we're going to take a break. So 
Yep. I'll be traveling far, far away. Other than that, four chapters and wasing to the time of next, everyone. My name's Get up, get out of the city.